Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word, means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. Where the middle line of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form what Paul calls in the book of Ephesians, one new man, or in the original, one new humanity, which when that separation occurred, a portion of the spiritual DNA for the body of Messiah is missing. But when that wonderful spiritual DNA on Gentile Christians merges with the spiritual DNA on Jewish believers, it forms what Paul calls the full dwelling place of God by his spirit. And I am announcing to you that the spiritual scales are coming off of the eyes of Jewish people. We are at the fullness of the Gentile age. And Jewish people are dying. You can quote me on that. Jewish people are dying to know Jesus. And only one person is created in writing to share the gospel. Romans 11, 11. Salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. It's your job. My guest, L.A. Marzulli, I found out we had a lot in common. Both of us, unsaved, wandered into the New Age, and it's kind of understandable. With me as a Jew, I looked at every option except Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, L.A., with you as a Catholic, uh, you figured you had your bases covered, uh, but you got a little discouraged on life, and you wandered in, into the New Age, and you became a full-time devotee of uh, Guru Maharaji uh, Jr. Uh, you were part of his orchestra. You went on a 10-city tour. Uh, you were involved in the big event he had in 1974 at the Houston Astrodome. Uh, and uh, you, you, you're sitting there watching this big event uh, as a, a total sold-out follower of this guru, but something very unexpected, very strange happened to you. Tell me about it. Well, we were sitting uh, on this on this very large platform in the Houston Astrodome. By the way, Sid, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And we were on this very large platform. The orchestra was below, um, but elevated above the throngs of people on the floor of the Houston Astrodome. And behind us, behind the orchestra, was a dais. It's the only way to describe it, a very large dais. And the, the members of the so-called Holy Family were seated there. Uh, Guru Maharaji had th- has three brothers and a mother. They were all seated below him, and the guru was on on the very uh, topmost part of this this dais with a very large crown on his head. Um, and what amazed me, um, as as one of the orchestra members looking behind me at the so-called Holy Family, is they no longer looked, and I know this sounds incredibly strange, but they no longer looked entirely human. There was a power that was emanating from the members that were there, um, a power that at the time I had no idea what I was looking at. Um, I figured, like, wow, this, is, this really is God. Look at this power. Um, since that, that day, which is, you know, decades ago, I would couch that in completely different terms. But they were, in essence, something was coming through, something was manifesting uh, for those who had eyes to see, and we were very close. So to me it was very evident that what was, what was there was something more than human. Uh, uh, you know what I believe? I believe that that same 
uh, thing that happened to you where you could see that there was such a supernatural power uh, on these gurus is the same thing if you had eyes to see that if you looked at Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. or Mussolini, uh, they didn't kill or Stalin. They didn't kill multitudes on their own. They had supernatural evil help. Absolutely. There, there are uh, documented um, testimonies from people who talk about Hitler sort of stumbling up to the platform, not looking disheveled, but certainly not filled with power. And um, as, as Trevor Ravenscross quotes in his book, it was like a fire hose somehow being hooked into the Fuhrer. And all of a sudden he was just filled with this energy and this passion. And of course, it comes out um, in, in his speeches. So you see this power, this evil power coming out of them. Uh, did you realize it was evil at the time? Well, no, again, I, I, wouldn't, I, I didn't have a discernment to figure out what it was that I was looking at, but I did see it, and I, I assumed it was benevolent. And we see this kind of assumption um, for many people, just because they see something supernatural, um, they assume, and unfortunately maybe to their own peril, that what they are seeing is benevolent, is good. But unless a person knows how to test the spirits, um, they can easily be deceived, and so was I decades ago. Okay, you get a hold of a book, Cult Explosion by David Hunt, and this book convinces you that something was really wrong in, the, in everything you were involved in. Uh, why did it convince you of this? Well, as I was reading uh, Hunt's book, which, which was really a game changer for me, um, I'm, I'm reading it and I'm going, yeah, been there, look at that, dabbled in this, uh, joined that one. Uh, you know, we talked about silver mind control. And, you know, I, I, I went through the course, and at the end of the course, they hand you a card, and on that card is a person's name. You have no idea what's wrong with them. But I went down into what was called, you know, my little room there, my little laboratory, and, and took my spirit guides, and we diagnosed a person uh, correctly, and that's how I passed the silver mind control test. I, at the time, I thought all this was wonderful and good. And uh, at the time I was reading Hunt's book, now this is, you know, about a decade after I began my, my journey into the New Age, um, I was empty, completely empty, and uh, just looking for God, crying out for God, didn't even know whether he existed or not, was completely disillusioned with anything, let's say, spiritual, certainly with, with Yeshua, just didn't want anything to do with him. But at the end of that book, Hunt gave a little... Um, um, uh, just a little a prayer to say, uh, if you wanted to have Jesus come into your heart. And I was alone in my room, seated on a chair. Uh, no one was there. There was no arm twisting, no one on television, you know, telling me to, you know, lay your hands on the television set, nothing like that. Very quiet, just myself in this book, in this room. And this is my prayer. I said, you know, Jesus, I don't even know whether you exist or not, but if you do, please come into my life and change it. And then I paused dramatically and waited for, you know, the big lightning bolt. Nothing happened at all. A month after that, I awakened from a very, very troubling and disturbing dream, and that was the, that was the beginning of, of the game changer in my life, where the Lord began to pull me out of what I would say darkness and the camp of, of the fallen one, Satan, and move me into the light, into his kingdom. And it was a very uh, difficult battle 
for a number of years. Uh, you know what I find interesting? Everything you're saying is so parallel with my life. <laughs> I was involved uh, in the silver mind control and the new age. And, uh, it, it, and I got a hold of a book by McCandlish Phillips called The Jew, the Bible, and the Supernatural. Mm. And it said that it is uh, an abomination to God for anyone to be involved in the new age, but it's worse for a Jew because we Jews are under a covenant with God. That's right. And uh, as a result of that book, someone gave me something called the Four Spiritual Laws. I read it. I got. Uh, I, I said a prayer of salvation. Nothing happened. And in my case, I figured, well, it just didn't work. But then uh, in my most desperate moment, I prayed a prayer out of desperation, Jesus help. And I knew enough at that moment that has lasted me 40 years that Jesus is real. Uh, I, I don't know if it was that dramatic for you, but it, it, it is the most uh, – I'm amazed at, at, at the parallels. And, and I also found something else. I don't recommend anyone touch the poison of the new age. Mm-hmm. But those that did before they were believers, it's almost like God equipped me with a supernatural discernment to know the difference, whereas most Christians don't know the authentic or the counterfeit. I absolutely have been given a gift from God to know the difference. How about you? I would certainly concur. I, I, I look at everything I've been through as sort of boot camp, training grounds for what I do today. Um, and, and this is, it's a full-time ministry and constantly telling people about the deception, which is really all around us, that the fact that the supernatural is manifesting in ways that are unprecedented. Most people aren't aware of some of these events, but they are happening. And, and they're happening on both sides, good and evil supernatural. And again, most people aren't aware it's happening. Most people don't know the difference between the two. Um, It's like if a blind man leads another blind man. Let me tell you briefly about a dream I had last night. In this dream, someone was chasing me, and I was hiding from them. Uh, And someone walked up to me when I finally got away from the person that was chasing me, and they said, what does all this mean? And I, I knew the answer. And I said to him three times, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. And then I woke up. I am convinced, L.A., that you have put together these three DVDs called The Watchers because Jesus is coming back soon and the church is sleeping. You, you are going to shake them with the information you have? I am amazed that it's not just information. It's not just a talking head. Uh, you've got conclusive proof on a number of things. Tell me the biggest zinger that you can think of in these three DVDs. I think the, uh, the biggest zinger for me was when we took these implants that were found in people and put them under an electron microscope, and there were nanotubes found in these things. And these are the implants that supposedly people were in flying saucers. Now, what's a nanotube? Well, a carbon nanotube really doesn't exist in nature. And as far as, you know, we're starting to just dabble in, the, in these things. But what we're seeing, uh, these, were, these were highly sophisticated uh, a chip. And it was also giving out what we believe is a clock 
speed of about 300 gigahertz, which translated is about 100 times faster than the fastest computer we have on the planet. When I asked Dr. Lear what this thing did, he believes that it's changing the person's DNA. Hey, look, we got to talk about that more in tomorrow's broadcast, but you have to, I mean, he has assembled the most supernatural events going on on planet Earth, and I tell you something, when you watch these three DVDs and our special DVDs, Messengers of Deception, where you'll understand the difference between the counterfeit and the authentic, anyone that watches this will recognize Jesus is coming back soon, available for a gift of $60. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. L.A., you produced three DVDs. It's a set called Watchers. Uh, the first one talks about UFOs. The second one, Signs in the Heaven and the Earth uh, and the Watchers. And the third fingerprints of the supernatural. How in the world did you get so much documentation of so much supernatural that you can't even see on the news? In fact, it's almost supernatural that this stuff isn't on the news every night. <laughs> well, my good friend and co-producer Richard Shaw and I um, we, we pick these topics, we try to find experts in them, uh, similar to what you do, and we go out and we interview them, and we, and we discuss and, and talk about and look for information that we find in, incredibly interesting that deals with, let's say, in, in Watchers 3, fingerprints of the supernatural. And that's what the whole DVD talks about. Certainly the Shroud of Turin, in my opinion, is uh, uh, something, an artifact, the mo probably the most enigmatic artifact on the planet that we can look at and say, wow, something has caused this image on this cloth, uh, the image of a crucified man on a cloth. The cloth is about 14 feet long, 3 feet wide, frontal, dorsal images of a crucified man. How is this done? And recently, Italian scientists have uh, went out and said that, you know, um, we think that it's, it's definitely not a painting and that the image might have been uh, put there with UV light. They're not sure. Fascinating stuff. All right. If it was put with UV light, what does that mean? <laughs> well, they're saying it's a burst of ultraviolet light, a sudden burst of ultraviolet light. Uh, one of the people that we... So therefore, it could not... If what you're saying is authentic, it could not just be perhaps a counterfeit or perhaps someone else that was crucified. Well, correct. And I've been, I've been an amateur uh, synthenologist for 31 years since I became born from above. And, and when I look at that, I believe it's the real deal. I believe it's forensic evidence of the greatest event on the planet, and that, of course, is the, the resurrection of the God-man Yeshua. Okay, Let, let's go back to what we left off with on yesterday's broadcast, uh, because I'm finding this fascinating. Uh, you actually interviewed, and, I, and this is right on your DVDs, uh, scientists, uh, doctors, that are uh, that the people supposedly were caught up in flying saucers. They had an implant, uh, and the, there's actually one man that has removed these from people. Uh, by the way, are these people psychos? Are they really weirdos? What's really interesting is it, it, these most of the people who come forward and, and and with these with these implants in them do not want any notoriety. They're embarrassed by them. They just want them out. 
and and so it's very difficult to actually track down some of the people who are trying to find one of one of these guys and sit down and talk to them. They're v- extremely reticent about coming in front of the camera. They don't want any notoriety. They just want these things out and to be left alone. So it's not someone looking for money or, you know, the latest craze on, on the news at 6 o'clock or whatever. They just want these things out. And- okay, tell me about the doctor that has actually removed these implants. What was his report? Well, again, he was he was a total skeptic when he first got into this, and now he realizes that we're not in Kansas anymore when he looks at these, at these implants. Um, they are very complex. They are giving off some sort of a frequency, which we believe is a clock speed of about 300 gigahertz. Again, that's 100 times faster than our fastest computer that we have on the planet. When I asked him point blank, what do you think this thing is doing? And remember, he has no eschatological or end time dog in the hunt as Christians would, not really aware of what the mark of the beast might be or that type of stuff that we read in in the book of Revelation, doesn't know anything about that. He looked at me and just said, well, it's changing the person's DNA, just like that. And that got me thinking. Um, changing the person's DNA, and what Yeshua tells us it will be like the days of Noah. What differentiates the days of Noah from many of a time in history is the presence of the fallen angels and the Nephilim. There could be a definite connection between the two. Is there, in your opinion, conclusive proof uh, that the substance, the material of the implants, is not from this earth? Well, I would say uh, a resounding yes. When it when it's analyzed at, at different, uh, um, you know, the metallurgy in different labs, um, the closest thing we have to it is meteorite metal. Let's say found in the Arizona crater. Um, that's the closest thing we have into it. Uh, they, it, you know, when when you this number sixteen when he took this thing out, Sid, they they went to a machine shop and they tried to cut it open with a diamond blade saw, wouldn't work. They finally took it to a laboratory and cut the thing open with a laser beam. Inside, they found nanotubes and double nanotubes. They have no idea how this thing is working or what it does, but he believes that it's powered, as I do, it's powered by the person's nervous system and their circulatory system, and it's changing the person's the host's DNA, which is startling. Uh, startling's an understatement. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, what about the fact that uh, most of the countries in the world have been reporting UFOs, uh, and they've released the information, but the U.S. is keeping it hidden? Why would the U.S. keep it hidden now that so many people are talking about these? So many other countries are uh, releasing their information on UFOs. Good question. Well, we see France and Britain and Belgium and the U.K. and Germany and Brazil and Mexico and other countries, Japan, um, have all released uh, at one time were top-secret classified documentation saying that the phenomenon is real. The U.S., however, tap dances around it, doesn't say anything about it. In fact, poo-poos anything to do with UFOs, um, specifically. Oh, oh, okay, look, I, I, I've seen your proof. I am convinced UFOs are real. The bigger question is, are they from God? Are they from the devil? What are they? I believe this is part of what I call the coming great deception. When we read in Second Thessalonians and it says that Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders, why do we underestimate him? Um, when Ben Stein in his movie Expelled sits down with the premier evolutionist of, of the 20th and 21st century, Richard Dawkins, and poses a question to him, where did life begin? Dawkins has no answer. He only says, well, maybe millions of years ago in another universe, a race of extraterrestrials seated us here. 
So he's already promulgating without knowing what I call the coming great deception. Uh, Darwinism has, has eroded the bastion of, of Christianity, the, the, what was um, the, the, our, our, our worldview, literally for hundreds of years here. Um, now it's eroded to the point, well, maybe there is no God at all. Just So, so our worldview of God is, is eroding, yeah. and our worldview of the demonic, except not calling it the demonic, is spreading throughout our culture. Absolutely. We see it in movies. We see it in music videos. Uh, we see it in television shows. It is everywhere. Um, E.T. is, is here. Uh, uh, how about Louis Farrakhan? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, I have not seen this in the news, but I've read firsthand reports by him of having – he has been taken up in a UFO uh, and uh, uh, explain very briefly those reports. Apparently, leader Louis Farrakhan claimed to have been taken aboard a UFO and received communications from literally Space Brothers. So we see that Farrakhan um, was taken, abducted, if you were, uh, if you please, by these by these so-called aliens. The question, the sixty-four thousand dollar question: Are they extraterrestrial or interdimensional beings? And of course, I believe these are interdimensional beings that we're looking at. In other words, I believe that they're demonic. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering if he had one of those implants. There's no mention of that. Uh, and his DNA is changing. And then we see the link between him and, and the former pastor of the uh, president of the United States of America and the church he went to for 20 plus years. Uh, and, and they take Farrakhan as the man of the year. Uh, and it's getting very spooky. <laughs> it's really end time stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe that the the whole UFO phenomena is part of the great deception. Let's look at this for a second, Sid. We know in the book of Revelation that it says there will be a one-world religious system as well as a one-world government. The one-world government isn't hard to see, but the one-world religious system is a real mind-bender. How do you get 1.8 billion Christians, 1.4 billion Muslims, and a billion Hindus to somehow change their worldview and paradigm? What one event? Listen, it's hard to just get Christians to act like Jesus says we're supposed to love one another. How are you going to get Muslims, Christians, and Jews, and Hindus doing it? Well, Exactly. But if you have three-mile wide craft, and I realize this, this sounds very, very bizarre, but when you start doing some homework, you'll see that people have seen mile-wide, three-mile-wide craft all over the planet. And when you start, if these things really began to manifest openly, so where you know, you're looking at the 6 o'clock news and they're showing you real footage of a mile-wide craft or whatever, it's a game-changer. It's a huge game changer. So when people see these UFOs, they're going to be willing to unify for the sake of safety. <laughs> Well, or or the the occupants of these craft will tell us that they seeded us here. They started the world's religions, started our civilizations, um, genetically manipulated us, and now at this critical juncture in human history, they are back to usher us into a time of peace, prosperity, and knowledge. This is what the New Agers are talking about and promulgating and what they believe. In your heart of hearts, L.A., why did you produce these three DVDs called The Watchers? Well, briefly, uh, and as succinctly as possible, we did it to, sh- to, to get people talking and open their eyes to what is happening right under their noses concerning prophecies. All the stuff that's happening on this planet it was written about thousands of years ago, and now it's beginning to manifest. It's beginning to openly, you can see it, turn on the 6 o'clock news, the earthquakes, the famines, the pestilence, the wars and rumors of wars, the troublesome times. All of this was prophesied thousands of years ago. 
by Yeshua. And now I believe we are in the time, which is known as the birth pains, which will lead into the tribulation. So we produced it as a wake-up call for Christians, but to gather their non-Christian friends around, put the DVDs in, and watch them. It's not, you know, we're not Bible-thumping or hitting... Oh, but you know what I'm more concerned about? I guess maybe because I, I lived so long in the South in the United States. Very few Christians are even, it's even on their radar that Jesus is getting ready to return. A very, most Christians are what the Bible refers to as lukewarm. I believe that this, uh, your DVD should be in every Bible study in America, and because it's facts, it's not just opinion. It's not just hearsay. Uh, you have scientists, you have doctors, uh, you, you have things in the news that no one's willing to put out there. I, I think it would give a husband and wife conversation to, from now until the time Jesus gets here of fascinating things to talk about. But I, I, I want you to briefly explain to me your understanding of the mark of the beast. I've never heard this before. Well, let's, let's do the backstory. Yeshua tells us it will be like the days of Noah and the Son of Man returns. What differentiates the days of Noah are the presence of the fallen angels. The fallen angels, believe it or not, had sex with the women of earth. Read Genesis 6. They produced what is known as the Nephilim. The Nephilim were here for 400 years. It contaminated the bloodline. Um, it was almost checkmate, if, if you please. It resulted in the flood. That's what differentiates the days of Noah. Now skip into Revelation. We know, first of all, that anyone who takes this mark will not be able to buy, sell, or trade. The mark comes on the back of the hand or on the forehead. What is this mark? And there's a lot of speculation about that. We read a little further. The buy, selling, or trading is the easy one. But then we find that anyone who takes the mark, grievous sores will appear over their body. Then we read a little later, and we find out that anyone who takes the mark is immediately judged and thrown into the lake of fire. Gee, that sounds harsh. Where's the grace and mercy in that? Where is the loving God that we all know? Something is at play here that's hidden from us that we don't really see. Go back to the days of Noah, what's going on, the Nephilim. Go to the fourth criteria found in the book of Revelation. Although it's not, it doesn't say directly the mark of the beast, but it tells us in those days... Men and women will seek death and not find it. So here's the scenario, and I've held the chip in my hand. It will change your DNA. It will elongate your lifespan, because one of the criteria of the days of Noah was lifespans that were five to 900 or even older years of age. So what if you have a chip which is going to correct your DNA? You'll be told it will correct your DNA. It will extend your lifespan disease-free five or 600 years. Oh, and by the way, you know, you'll be able to buy, sell, and trade with it. This is, this is your stamp into the new world order. Just saying. But it fulfills all the criteria that we see in Revelation and when that Yeshua points us to in, in Matthew 24. Now, I, I can see this going very, very well. I mean, who would say no except someone that knows the Bible and has discernment and knows the times that we're living in? Otherwise, uh, how could anyone say no to what you just described? Well, and, and this, is, this is what amazes me. It's like we sort of dumbed down the supernatural, Specifically in the churches in America, where we don't. We, well, seeker sensitive is afraid of supernatural because maybe the uh, seeker might not come into the service and then end up being saved. But what good would would it be 
If someone is genuinely saved and has lack of knowledge of the supernatural end time events, and then uh, the mark of the beast that you described comes along, they wouldn't even feel they'd be betraying Jesus. And they would take it willingly. They would take, and, and that's what terrified me. They would take it willingly. Uh, uh, let's go to another area. Uh, why? Uh, I'm, I'm hearing reports of birds mysteriously dying, cattle being mutilated. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is this going on? Who is doing this? What's the purpose? Well, the interesting part with the cattle mutilations, that's been going on for decades, and yet law enforcement has never brought anyone, anyone to trial. And, you know, it's like you have, a, you have a prize bull that's worth thousands of dollars, and you come in the next morning, or in the night before, the bull was standing in the field, it was fine, and the next morning you come in and the bull's laying there. Um, there is, there's absolutely no blood in, in, in the animal at all. Um, we see that his tongue has been completely cored out. Um, his sex organs are cored out with, with laser-like precision. There's no footprints around this thing, and it's like you just sit there and go, oh, my gosh, what just happened? Now, so it's impossible to be kids that are just doing a prank. No, it's not. It, it, there was one interesting case said where there was uh, four inches of freshly fallen snow around the animal, no footprints. It was literally dropped from above. Well, what do you believe this is? Well, I believe it's part of what I call the coming great deception. It's the good cop, bad cop of the UFO phenomena. Um, and again, to make it really clear, because I know time is short, when we talk about extraterrestrials, these are interdimensional beings posing as extraterrestrials. They are highly malevolent fallen angels, in my opinion. And uh, this is what they're doing. It's just days of Noah, essentially. Now, now the surgery, <laughs> as you say, uh, it's, it's not something some kid could do. It's high, high precision. Well, the, the, the cuts are done literally with a laser-like precision to them. Um, there are magnetic anomalies found around the animal. Um, sometimes there are chips that are found later on embedded in the animal. It's, it's, people would call it high strangeness. Uh, people also report seeing lights in the sky. Um, again, if it was only one or two of these things, we wouldn't be talking about it. This phenomenon has gone on worldwide literally for decades, and most of the time the news media never reports it. Okay, the Bible talks about changes in the sky that's terrifying. Uh, you've documented changes in the, in the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. Tell me about well, that. In, 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 one of the, uh, in one of the watchers' signs in the heavens and earth, we talk about what we believe the anomalous activity, uh, the eccentricity of a lunar surface. We cite an Italian scientist by the name of Lorenzo Iorio who wrote a paper about the eccentricity of a lunar surface. It seems to be like it's wobbling. We're not sure what we're looking at. Uh, my good friend and, and co-producer Richard Shaw and I, we've looked at this thing. We, we've investigated um, as far as we can go with it. There are YouTube videos posting from people all over the globe saying, gee, the moon looks funny. Um, how did it rotate? We know, I understand that it, it rotates. I get that. But it rotates at, at, at certain times. And it appears that the lunar surface wasn't doing that. And so we found this paper by uh, Dr. Iorio who said that Something is going on with the gravitational forces in the moon. Meanwhile, with the sun, we see these coronal mass ejections um, that are happening more and more frequently. We see objects which are redacted, in other words, brushed away by NASA uh, hours after they're seen and put up by the SOHO twin satellites looking at the sun. No, no, no. You, you, you have pictures of yeah. an object next to the sun. What is that object? It's never been there before. We 
don't know what the object is, and that, that opens it up to speculation. But when NASA begins to redact those pictures, only hours after we've been able to get them, what do they have to hide? Why are they doing this? Um, we sat down with Stan Dale and showed him that clip. And this, this image was given to us by Deborah Sontag, a researcher. And this thing travels around the sun and moves behind the sun at a very fast rate of speed. What is it? We don't know. Uh, is it a craft? Is it, it, it's not a meteor. It, it seems to be under some sort of intelligent control. All right, all right. Why is NASA hiding these things? And they are. Why? Well, here's what I think. You know, and we've, there were studies in the 50s about if, if, if the populace of the United States were told that they were, we weren't alone in the universe and, and extraterrestrials. Remember um, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds deal that he did? It was complete panic. Some people actually committed suicide with that. Um, it would change the very fabric of religion in this country. It would probably change most people's paradigms and worldviews. However, with the propaganda that we've had for the last 30, 40 years, like movies like Star Trek and, and, and the others of those ilk, I think the, the populace would be uh, ready to embrace E.T. as a possible savior. I don't think we would cringe in fear. But that's the reason why this whole thing has been kept under wraps. Uh, you know, the information that you have here, uh, and maybe on tomorrow's broadcast, I'd like to talk about the Bible codes uh, that are uh, uh, that tell what's going to happen this year. Tell what's happened in previous years. Uh, we're making these three very special DVDs. That's not. It's not just crackpots talking. It's top scientists, top astronauts, uh, top doctors talking about information that's been covered up for too long. Uh, out of curiosity, uh, L.A., why don't you go to someone like? Uh, uh, Sean Hannity or, or, or one of the people on the secular news, you have the facts. You have the documentation. Uh, why don't you show it to them? Well, we would love to show it to them. Um, I'm sure we would be. In fact, we've had people that have, that have emailed me and sort of under the radar, off the record, and, and asked about the very things that we're talking about here, but they're afraid to touch it. The mainstream media is afraid to touch it for whatever reason. Uh, we're, we're out of time. I'm not afraid to touch it. It's an indication, a strong indication. Jesus is getting ready to return. I want you to have these facts. We're making the three DVDs called Watchers, available for a gift of $60. And bonus, we're putting in a, two very special DVDs so you'll know the difference between the counterfeit and the authentic, and you won't be caught unawares. All available for a gift of $60. Call our order-only line. 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Have you noticed all the things going on on planet Earth that seem to be fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Well, there's so many things going on that aren't in the news. And that's why I have L.A. Marzulli on, because he has done documentive, I mean, extremely competent, uh, reputable people of these events that are going on worldwide. And he put together a three-DVD set called Watchers, in which he covers, uh, one covers on the UFOs. Are they real? What are their purposes? Uh, what's the scientific evidence? Uh, second DVD, signs in the heaven and the earth. 
and Watchers, third DVD, Fingerprints of the Supernatural. Uh, there are so many areas that I, I'm, I'm frustrated, L.A. Uh, there's so many areas that I want to talk to you about, uh, like the magnetic fields that are changing on the Earth um, and, and uh, uh, things that are unexplainable, like the noises, that, and you even have them on the DVD, the uh, earthquake in Washington, D.C. Uh, but let's talk about these Torah codes. Uh, a number of years ago, I investigated them, and uh, the way they developed this is they had uh, equal distance letter sequence, like every seventh letter they would write down and it would form a word, and then it would form a message. And then they found many of the events in the past uh, were hidden in the Bible, and they called it Bible codes. Uh, now, L.A., I've often wondered, uh, with a book as big as the Bible, uh, maybe some of this is coincidental. Have they ever taken a, a big book like, say, War and Peace and done the same thing uh, and found predictions in them? Well, yeah, they've taken Moby Dick, for instance, and, and done the same type of a thing, and the skeptics will say, look, we, we can get messages. But what's interesting with the rabbis, and we, we've sat down with Rabbi Glazerson, uh, Professor Harolek, Rabbi Olahu Ritz, who's really the inventor of the Torah Codes, both my good friend and, and co-producer Richard Shaw and I have interviewed these men, and what, what's amazing is we see a very tight metric, matrix of codes, sometimes over the plain text. I'll give you one which is startling. Osama bin Laden, cursed is he. 3,000, 9-11, Twin Towers, 3,000 dead. And that's over the plain text where it says where the ground opens up with Dathan and Moses coming down from the mountain and the ground opens up and swallows the, the children of Israel, some of the children of Israel. And it says in the plain text, and 3,000 died that day. Uh, so, so it's sort of like a double thing. It's in the code, but it's on the story that's related to the code. Yes. And, and so none of that is in any other books, obviously. Yes, and uh, you don't find this type of information in, let's say, Moby Dick or War and Peace or other tomes. Uh, tell me about some things you found that were predicted. They found them in the codes before the events occurred. Well, one of the biggest ones is the assassination of Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. Uh, the codes were very... Uh, very detailed, very tight matrix. What I mean by that, that the key words were found in one par portion of the of the Hebrew text. Um, it was very clear, um, and it was done, of course, well ahead of the actual event. And uh, unfortunately, um, those in power didn't heed the warning, and the results were tragic. Uh, let's look into the future. Uh, what does the Bible codes have to say about Iran and their uh, nuclear bombs? We have a very tight matrix, a Torah code that we did with the keywords that were put in ahead of time, Adam, Arab, Purim, Iran, and Amalek. And what's interesting, all these words come up in a very tight matrix of letter, very tight matrixes of letter. Um, and the odds of this happening are, are in literally one to the hundreds of thousands. So this is not something, it's certainly something more than coincidence. And what we see, what's interesting, is part of a swastika, the the um, that, that Z-shape Amalek, and then Amalek going down and Amalek to the right, uh, creating what is part of a swastika. Then above that, we see the word Adam. Below that, the word Iran. Um, next to that, Arab. Underneath that, Purim, which, of course, uh, we know what, what happened with Esther, you know, thousands that, of years. That, that was the uh, preconceived plan 
to destroy every Jewish person on the face of this earth that actually turned out the exact opposite. Uh, and the people that perpetrated this, they all died. That's right. So that is pretty interesting. Yeah, You know, I interviewed a man that was a specialist in Bible codes, and he did one with my name, and it's unbelievable. He knew my wife's name. Now, you think that's unbelievable? Let me explain this. This was in the Torah code before I even was born, and she has the most unusual middle name. I've never heard of anyone having that before. Her middle name is Thurley, and that was in the code. It had its supernatural, a television show. <laughs> I had two key employees at the time. Those two key employees' names were in my Torah code. I mean, it, it is amazing. Uh, but you know what's even more amazing than the Torah code? is the Bible prophecy. Yeah. Tell me a couple ancient prophecies that will blow us out of the water. Well, what I'm looking at right now is the prophecy of Ezekiel, specifically Ezekiel found in chapter 38. Ezekiel lived about 2,600 years ago, and he wrote prophecy which great, with great specificity. For instance, he outlines uh, a group of nations that will come up against Israel in the latter days after they've been regathered from the four corners of the earth. That didn't happen until 1948. The leading one is, is Gog. Many biblical um, prophetic scholars, what have you, will look at Gog and Magog and, and, and put that as Russia or Turkey, perhaps. What is, what is alarming to me is that we, Russia is all over the Middle East right now. In Syria, in Iran, they, they've got their fingerprints everywhere. And what we see, in my opinion, is the formation of the Gog-Magog War that, is, that Prophet Ezekiel wrote about 2,600 years ago with great specificity. Those nations listed. And by the way, Iran is the second nation right after Magog. Iran, it's called Persia. And of course, we know that Iran was called Persia for thousands of years, only until the modern era was a change of the name Iran. That's the second nation listed. The strange bedfellows in that prophecy that come up against a land of unwalled villages, another... Um, Another uh, dynamic uh, in that prophecy, which did not exist 2,600 years ago in the ancient world, a land of unwalled villages simply did not exist. You would build the highest walls you could to keep out invaders. With the advent of the airplane and the beginning of the 20th century, all that changed, and it became obsolete. You didn't build, you know, you no longer fortified castles with walls and moats and that type of a thing. So Israel right now is a land dwelling in peace and safety for the most part, and certainly a land surrounded in cities, you know, by, by unwalled villages. And I find it alarming what is, what is um, happening in the Middle East right now as we speak with the unrest of the Arab Spring, I believe is a, a supernatural component behind the Arab Spring. All eyes are on Israel. Um, Iran has threatened to wipe out Israel. And we look at the unrest in Syria, which ties us back into another prophecy, Isaiah 17, which says specifically Damascus has become a ruinous heap. We don't know how Damascus is going to be destroyed, but it wouldn't be a stretch of anyone's imagination to think that Perhaps Assad would destroy his own capital city, or perhaps the rebels would destroy Damascus. So um, the situation, as I see it, is um, 
charged, tenuous, and tumultuous. I've never seen it this pregnant. And it, isn't it amazing how the lands of the North that Ezekiel talks about, the former Soviet Union, is integral with all of these Arab uprisings that are going on. They're even supplying the scientists for the nuclear bombs in Iran. And, and what's amazing about that is that that alliance has never happened before. And yet we're seeing it just just like biblical prophecy tells us what happened in the days before Messiah's return, now we're starting to see all this form. But you don't, unless you know the prophecy, it means nothing to you. If you know the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, and you see these nations begin to coalesce and form sort of a loose confederacy, then one only can wonder, you know, when this war is actually going to happen, and if it is the fulfillment of the Ezekiel 38 prophecy. Okay, I, I have some a question for you. You are uh, quite a student of end-time Bible prophecy. That's obvious to me. I am also. I have interviewed people that say they absolutely see the United States in, in the Old Testament prophecies. I have studied it, and I don't agree. I don't see any mention of the United States as being one of the end-time players. Uh, what do you see? Well, we're on the same page here, Sid, and, there, and there's no, um, you know, we, we didn't discuss this earlier. Um, I, I write about this and talk about this incessantly. I believe that the United States has taken out. Um, I, I blogged about this, the idea of an EMP, electromagnetic pulse weapon, which is a, a basically a nuclear device set, detonated about 200 miles over the central part of the United States. But if that happens, if an EMP, electromagnetic pulse weapon, would move us back literally pre-industrial revolutionary times. Um, uh, in other words, the, the car wouldn't start, the toaster doesn't work, the grids are down, your cell phone, iPhone, and computer, nothing works. We are in pre-industrial revolution time, and um, I'm not making this stuff up. Newt Gingrich has even talked about it, and other... Uh, uh, do, you, do you notice how someone like him gets blasted by the, the media when, they, when he says things like this? Well, I, I think it's a real concern. I mean, it's a real concern, and um, the Iranians have been experimenting, and this is no secret either. Just just Google it and do some homework on it. The Iranians have been experimenting with a a weapon that that would a rocket that will that goes about 200 miles into the atmosphere. Um, and this is a very easy scenario. They just take any one of the oil barges which they have and they re, they re, um, retrofit it so it now is a missile launcher, and they park that baby down in the Gulf of Mexico and fire the weapon. It's as simple as that, and we are literally back in the Stone Age. You know, we are. People don't understand. If that happens, you know, the the food that we have, the refrigeration doesn't work. You know, the cars don't start. The uh, you know, you you talk about so many amazing things and documented. Uh, for instance, the change in the moon that was predicted in the Torah codes that would occur in 2011. Uh, you talk about the magnetic fields changing, and that's why these earthquakes and tsunamis are going on. In fact, everything is changing in the atmosphere, and you prove it. What I would like to know, um, L.A., is why does it appear that Matthew 24 is coming to pass with, with the increase in uh, earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and signs in the sun. Uh, it looks like this is coming to pass today. You know, Sid, so we're seeing 7.0 earthquakes happen on a, oh, about every 10 days, somewhere on the planet, 10 to 15 days. Um, is this business as usual or is it something more? We're seeing volcanic activity happen 
For instance, the Eyjafjallajökull volcano in Iceland erupted in 2010 and then again in 2011. It closed the airspace over the northern part of Europe. This, of course, uh, was traumatic. Air, air, air planes don't go, and it's you know everything stops. There's another volcano uh, in Iceland called the Grimsvoldna volcano. It's a super volcano. The caldera, the opening of that the volcano, is about 40 miles wide. If that thing blows, or another super volcano like Yellowstone blows, it could put the entire planet into what's known as a nuclear winter. In other words, for maybe one or two years, crops wouldn't grow. How would that affect? everyone on earth. So here's what we need to understand. We're told by Yeshua himself, when we see these things, a lot of what we've been talking about, begin to happen, look up, for your redemption is, 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 is about to happen. We also know from passages in, in the Bible that there were escape routes there, that God's people were always protected. A perfect example of that is Lot. Before destruction and judgment come, Lot is taken out. So we see that, that that's certainly a type we can we can at least cling to and ho- put some hope in. But I have to say, Sid, we're already in some of this stuff with the earthquakes and the volcanic activities, the floods, the rumors of war that we're seeing, the weird weather anomalies that continue day after day. So I, I, we're already kind of bumping into it, in my opinion. Based on your study of Bible prophecy uh, and all these phenomena going on in the world, what would you say is next for the Middle East? Well, I would say one of one of two prophecies I think will happen, or actually maybe one of three, and they may all happen very quickly in rapid succession. We may see a Psalm 83 type scenario, which which talks about a group of only Arab nations going against Israel. Israel expands its borders. We may see an Ezekiel 38 scenario, which is what I definitely lean to. Uh, we may see, let's say, the destruction of Damascus, which is talked about in Isaiah 17, happen. At any rate, the situation is is certainly pregnant, uh, which is an understatement, um, and and something is going to blow over there. And I believe it is World War III. I believe it is the Ezekiel 38 scenario is is the one I'm leaning towards, and that I believe is literally World War III. It's not going to last four or five years like it did, like World War II did, but this thing is going to be a game changer when it comes down. Let's get real specific. What do you see with all of your studies? is going to happen in the United States, in the world, in 2012? Well, I think uh, we could be looking at a Middle East war. I think America could be taken out uh, through an EMP uh, electromagnetic pulse weapon, which we talked about earlier. Um, what amazes me is that uh, more people know about the, 20, the so-called 2012 prophecies of the Mayan calendar than they do about biblical prophecy. And I think that 2012 is a deliberate obfuscation. It steered the conversation away from real biblical prophecy, which is forming, even as we speak, even that this broadcast is aired right now in the Middle East. More people, unfortunately, know about 2012 than they do about Ezekiel 38, Isaiah 17, Psalm 83. And it's screaming at us, Sid. It's screaming at us. What does Psalm 83 say to you? Psalm 83 is a group of nations which, which go up against Israel, very similar to the 67 war in which the countries of Egypt and Jordan and Syria, all Arab, Arab countries, went up against Israel, and Israel expanded its borders. Um, we could be seeing a, sort of a replay of that, which may in fact lead to the Ezekiel War. In other words, um, I'm not cemented in theological concrete here. I know what the prophecies say, and I'm looking. I watch. I'm a watchman. I look at this stuff daily, and I monitor it, um, you know, constantly. 
And I, I'm leaning towards the Ezekiel 38-39 prophecy, which is a group of nations uh, that form a coalition, a confederacy, and go up against Israel. Iran, Russia, Egypt, I mean, some of these countries, Libya, are specifically named in that prophecy. And I believe, we're, I believe that that's what's forming right now. L.A., I know the effect this information is having on me and of our listeners right now. But what effect do your DVDs called Watchers, the set of three, have on people, everyday people that are looking at it? Uh, are, are they believing the documentation? Because to me, I mean, you, uh, you've got such well-known people on your DVD and your investigative reporting. Uh, what effect is it having? What we're seeing said over and over again, uh, through emails and telephone calls and just people that I meet at conferences, um, we, we get um, the, the overwhelming response that people put these DVDs in, they gather their friends, they watch them, and conversations begin. People start talking about it. There's lots of dialogue that happens. In other words, what it does is it gets people talking. It sort of wakens them out of their slumber, out of their complacency. Uh, can you picture every Bible study in America and other countries playing this and then having a discussion? Uh, the Bible studies that say, well, no one's willing to speak. <laughs> They'll all speak when they see this information. And, and what we've seen, too, is, is when, when these are played at church gatherings, and they are, um, uh, you know, entire congregations will sit down and watch some of this stuff. It gets people talking, and people start doing their own research, and that's what's wonderful about it. Uh, what about non-believers? What effect does it have on them? Well, the non-believer, again, all of a sudden they get jolted in, in a way that they haven't been jolted before, because we make a link between the, what's going on the planet now and ancient biblical texts. And, you know, we, we quote those texts right, right on the DVD. It's right there, Matthew 24, Wars and Rumors of Wars. We make a very cogent case that it's not business as usual. So we sort of lead them gently, you know, look at this, look at this, look at this. This is what the ancient prophecy is saying. You know, maybe we should take a, a closer look. Maybe this deserves uh, your scrutiny. Uh, let's we we have a few minutes left. You know, if someone looks at this, they're going to come to the conclusion this late great planet Earth is wrapping up. They're going to come to the conclusion Jesus is ready to return in the midst of all the turmoil we read about in the book of Revelation and other books in the Bible, are people going to be able to live like uh, Jonah lived in the whale, like Noah lived in the flood? Uh, or or is, is it going to be a mass wipeout of everyone? Well, I, I don't believe, first of all, there's going to be a mass wipeout. I believe that the Christians will, at some point, will be taken out of here, what's known as the rapture. Um, I don't know when that is, and I don't want to speculate on it, but I do believe that is my blessed hope. I also believe that they'll be like sanctuary cities. There may be places where um, where Christians gather together and, and are and are somehow divinely protected in a supernatural way. And I realize that that might sound a little, you know, far-fetched, but it's happened before in biblical times. Why not now? Now, you talk about the rapture a lot, and you're dogmatic that there will be a rapture, obviously, because it's in the scriptures. But there's something beyond that. You had a vision that really was life-changing for you, where you experienced the rapture. Tell me about that. 
Well, I was getting ready to go in the shower, so I wasn't doing anything, you know, spiritual. I wasn't fasting or meditating or reading the Word or anything like that. I was getting ready to go in the shower. And as Paul says, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But I was taken. I was there in the heavenly scene for about three seconds. Second one, when I arrive, I'm spaced with other people. We're not packed in like sardines. We're about 20 to 30 feet apart. We are all looking in the same direction. Now that's second one, so that's bam, okay, here I am. I'm in the scene. Second two, there's a holy, reverential silence that permeates the scene. Everyone knows exactly what has happened. No one's asking where are we or what happened. There's none of that. Everyone knows exactly what has happened. We are in the heavenly scene. We literally have been raptured. That's just two seconds. Second three, remember that's one, two, three, bam, back again. Second three is the incredible realization. Who can make this stuff up? Second three is the realization that my sin nature was no longer with me which was was just startling. It was so liberating, words cannot describe it. And then I was back, and then I wept. What effect did this have on you? Well, it had a huge effect, because I've, I've, I've you know, it's, it's sort of a foreshadow of where we're going. It is our blessed hope. Um, our hope is in that Yeshua will take us out before the wrath comes, before we see the craziness uh, of the fallen one, his, his last evil scheme. I, I have to tell you, when you were sharing that vision that you had, mm-hmm. I just felt such peace. And, and the thing that I'm pondering is, what's it like to live without any sin nature? Mm. <laughs> that, that has to be, even though it was a second, it must have been neat. <laughs> well, it, it was, it was life changing because to experience that for a second, I mean, to come back and tell people, and there was no sin nature. It, it's just, it's not there. It's gone. Whoops, we're out of time. I want you to get these three DVDs. Uh, your family will never be the same after showing these, this documentation called The Watchers, and then the special two DVDs called Messengers of Deception, which allow you to tell the difference between the counterfeit and the authentic supernatural, mandatory. All of this available for a gift of $60. Shabbat broadcast. Let me pray over you. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord has kept you. The Lord has already smiled upon you. The Lord has already gifted you. The Lord has already surrounded you with his favor. The Lord has given you his shalom, his peace, his completeness, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness.
To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.